Welcome to Tuscan Radio Chut Chut, everyone. My name is Drew Gretsch. I just want to say this right off the top. Uh, I'm going to apologize if I don't sound normal. I guess I'm not really sure. I, I got uh, uh, some wisdom teeth removed this past weekend, so I've just been uh, unable to record. So just today, I'm catching up on all the podcasting I've missed the last couple weeks, which includes Disney Plus Day. Now, I was fully planning on doing a Disney Plus Day podcast for both Marvel and Star Wars. I guess the, the, this is, is what we're going to start with today. Um, but th- there was no news from Star Wars. There was some news from Marvel, and we're going to talk about that on another Marvel podcast. Um... There's nothing from Star Wars. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. What we got on Disney Plus, there was a 20 minute documentary, Under the Helmet, The Legacy of Boba Fett, which I, I did watch. It was a really good documentary. We got that. And. We got a sizzle reel, or a behind-the-scenes look at Obi-Wan Kenobi. And once again, confirming that the show will release in 2022. This behind-the-scenes look... Do you guys remember at the uh, Disney Investor Day last December? When there were some things where, like, here's a sneak peek, and then we, we get, like, a blue screen with some Disney trivia... That's because though those clips were for investors only. They were for investors only. And not only was this Obi-Wan Kenobi behind the scenes look leaked the day before on November 11th, 2021, but it was shown to investors a year ago. And so what was the only, only Star Wars thing we got? We have the Book of Boba Fett coming out in how many weeks? How, 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 how many weeks as of recording? Uh, just because I'm not really thinking about when this podcast would have come out. So, days to December 29th. 37 days. 37 days. Nothing. Nothing. About the Book of Boba Fett. Now, do, do, does this really matter? No. This show is probably in the final stage of post-production. I, I'd assume that most of, the, like, may, maybe six episodes have been fully completed and could launch tomorrow. That's not going to happen, because they have to pr- promote the series, and they announced that December 29th release date, but... I wouldn't say that most of the series is done. It's not going to get delayed. But... The the absolute lack of content from Disney Plus Day, I would call laughable. Uh, also, in the Lucasfilm camp on Disney Plus Day, we got a little behind-the-scenes look at the new Willow series. 
the continuation of the film starring uh, Warwick Davis coming to Disney Plus next year. So yeah, there's that if you guys are other fans. And, and we are going to be reviewing the series uh, not as in-depth as we've been reviewing some of the other, as we've been reviewing all the other shows uh, for the last two years or so. Uh, but I'll may- maybe talk about each episode for about five minutes at the beginning of each weekly podcast. Just, you know, because why not? Why not? Um, Andor has also been delayed. Andor has been delayed. We got this news, uh, a couple, a couple weeks ago now. Because I, I recorded the last episode early, recording this episode a little bit late. Um, so Andor has been delayed to the fourth quarter of 2022, which Disney's fourth quarter is from July to October. Okay. Because uh, their fiscal year starts in October. So we are currently, for Disney, the, this is the first quarter of 2022. So Andor will be releasing between July and October of next year. So my updated release schedule, assuming The Bad Batch Season 2 is 16 episodes, The Mandalorian Season 3 is 8 episodes, uh, The Book of Boba Fett is 8 episodes, Kenobi 6 and Andor is indeed 12 episodes for the first season, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. My new theory, my new release schedule that I have in mind, that they could do, Surprise, surprise, the Book of Boba Fett's first. You know, of course it's first. It's the next show coming out. The Book of Boba Fett will run from late December 2021 to mid-February 2022. Now, after that, I think I think the next live-action show will be Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I do believe that it will premiere on May 4th, 2022. How can it not? It's Star Wars Day. This is their most anticipated series. How can it not release on Star Wars Day next year? So Kenobi is going to be from early May to mid-June 2022. Might get a couple weeks off then before we get Andor. From early July to mid-October 2022. And then we'll end the year again with Mandalorian. The Bad Batch. Now look. The, the the podcast numbers alone from the Bad Batch, like when we got in like the middle of the season, you know, like when when the show premiered, we got some pretty good numbers. It's a brand new new series. Um, but when you but when I look back at the numbers for both seasons of The Mandalorian, they're consistently very high. You know, like there there's always some drop off, but all the numbers were around the same spot. But the Bad Batch just really did not really get there. Like, even the pilot episode didn't really get there in terms of podcast listenership. It's no secret that not everyone's watching the animated things. Like, and looking also at another Marvel podcast, I, I can see the, the drop-off there for What If in comparison with, uh, with WandaVision the Falcon and the Soldier, and Loki. And what I'm anticipating for Hawkeye uh, later this week. But 
I don't think that animation is as profitable. I always have to say this. I love Star Wars animation. The Clone Wars made me a fan. Okay? Some of my favorite Star Wars memories are watching Rebels with my brother, with my little brother, on Fridays after school. I, I love that. I love Star Wars animation. But the appeal there is clearly not, and it never will be, the same level as live-action content. Which is why I think with The Bad Batch Season 2, could be maybe late February 22, or 2022 to late April 2022. And we could get two episodes a week. Because... I don't think that the... Look, the Bad Batch was fine. It wasn't outstanding. You guys know, I, I, I thought the show was okay. I thought the show was okay. I did think it was the best first season of Star Wars animation we've gotten. Like, when you look at the whole season, I think it is the best. But, I mean, Clone Wars Season 1 wasn't all that great. Rebel Season 1 was fine. It's way too kiddy. Resistance never really... Resistance in, like, the back half season two, I, I think, is when that show finally got watchable, and then they... And then Disney Channel axed it. So I, I do think The Bad Batch is the first... is the best first season we've gotten for Star Wars animated series when you l- look at the four canonical shows. Um... But even then, you know, I, I, I just think it's very possible I don't, that they could do just tips of the week. Of the Bad Batch. But they might not. They might not. Uh, we don't really know yet. We really don't. So, we will see what happens uh, next year when we do get Season 2 of the Bad Batch. And I'm excited for Season 2. I'm very excited for Season 2 of the Bad Batch. But... Am I as excited for the Bad Batch as I am for uh, Boba Fett or The Mandalorian Season 3 or Obi-Wan Kenobi? No, I'm not. I'm I'm not. So, yeah. Um, I also have to update my uh, analysis of this Chloe Zhao news. That we, that we talked about on the last, on the last episode. Um, I previously reported... I, I was one of many people to report... That Chloe Zhao... D- director of Marvel Studios Eternals... Which, if, if you've seen Eternals... You can find my review of it on another Marvel podcast. Um, I spread the news... That Chloe Zhao would be directing Kevin Feige's Star Wars film. That is not true. It's apparently not true, and apparently she's not directing any Star Wars movie right now. Which brings me into my next thing, which is I truly don't believe... I I truly do not believe there's any Star Wars film in development right now. Because a couple weeks ago, we heard that there was an older public movie in development. 
or a High Republic movie, some uh, there was a movie set at least 200 years be- before the films in development, whether it was Old Republic or High Republic. And, and I think that it was the Old Republic because I think the High Republic's been a massive failure. Not massive, but I mean, like, first book was great. I've completely fallen off. I mean, I, I've fallen off all the comics, but, you know. Uh, I haven't read the last book was it came out in July. Or was it June? I don't remember. Uh, I know it was really good, but I just haven't read it yet. So let's just call it an older Republic movie that was going to be taking the December 2023 release date. Which would then be bumping Rogue Squadron to 2024. I was like, alright, fine. You know, maybe they're bringing back the year, the annual Star Wars film. They're really taking their time with these movies. And then we're hearing that Patty Jenkins' film has been shelved. It's been shelved. And as has uh, the Ryan Johnson trilogy, which I've been saying for a while. I I don't think his trilogy is happening. He's too committed with Knives Out right now, which, again... The first Knives Out movie is absolutely fantastic. Knives Out is fantastic. It's one of the best films I've ever seen. Um, But yeah. Yeah. So. Talking about that. And it's just like. I don't. I I truly don't believe there are any live action Star Wars films in development. Or anime Star Wars films. I don't know why I specified live action. Um, so, which brings me to the next thing, is that Kathleen Kennedy has re-upped her contract for three more years. And I've been thinking about this situation a lot. This is one of the reasons I was hesitant to do this podcast. To quote the great John Campia, uh, Kathleen Kennedy is an incredible film producer. She's one of the best in the world in terms of being a film producer. But that doesn't mean that you should, should run a studio. Um, I'm reminded of a line from The Office. Slight spoilers for The Office. Season 4. Um, I think it's season 4. When Michael is, is gonna shoot the ad. The Dunder Mifflin ad. He, he, he gets on the phone with his boss, Ryan. And, um... Michael says, well, I, I want to direct the ad. I want to be my idea. And they're not going to let, let me do it. And Ryan's like, yeah, that's good. The This film crew's creative. You're not. Michael goes, what? I'm creative. Uh, and then Ryan says, and this is where I'm, this is the point I'm coming to with all this. Yeah, but, I mean, I can cook. But that doesn't mean I should start a restaurant. You know? Being... Like, would you want LeBron James to run the entire NBA? 
He's a great basketball player. He's one of the best in the world. You don't want him to run the NBA, though. That's not what he's good at. And the reason why I think Kevin Feige at Marvel is so successful is because Kevin Feige equally understands both story and business. And Kevin Feige has always had a plan for the MCU. And I think for those first couple years there of when we were getting live-action movies, uh, particularly with The Force Awakens in 2015, Rogue One in 2016, The Last Jedi in 2017, despite what you want to say about The Last Jedi, those first couple years were pretty damn good. Yeah, there, there were some director shakeups. Uh, JJ needed some more time on The Force Awakens, so they so he pushed so the, they got to push it back about six months or so, seven months I think. Uh, because movie was originally supposed to come out in May twenty fifteen. Does you know, remember Star Wars films before they had all come out in May? Um. And then you know Rogue One. Which is my favorite Star Wars one we're going to talk about a lot on this podcast today. This is finally I get to review Rogue One. Let's go. The, uh, the entire film was reshot. Because Kathleen Kennedy and Gareth Edwards thought they were on the same, on the same page. Only to find out that, oh, we're not on the same page. The Last Jedi was, was, you know, perfect film production. Say what you will about the movie itself, but no hiccups. No production hiccups whatsoever on The Last Jedi. And before The Last Jedi came out, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who were going to direct Solo, who directed... The Lego Movie, which is the best commercial I've ever seen. Because the Lego Movie is a commercial, but it's such a great film also. It's such a really, such an incredible movie. And, you know, they went on to direct my favorite comic book movie ever made. I think it's the greatest comic book movie ever made, Spider-Man and Spider-Verse. Um, they were going to, they remember they did Solo. They were fired 11 months out from production due to creative differences. And Ron Howard was brought on. I think that Soul is a pretty damn good movie. It's pretty good. It's not great. It's not terrible. It's a pretty good movie. Um, And the same thing happened with Colin Trevorrow on episode 9. Before The Last Jedi came out. That... They were going that he left due to creative differences. I think the official reason was like he had to work on Jurassic. But no, it it was creative differences. It was fully, completely creative differences. And then... Last Jedi comes out. 
and it all went to hell. Because the fan base was completely divided forever. Followed up five months later by Star Wars standards, Solo flops. I don't consider Solo a flop because Solo made its money back. But it's not a movie that people were really rushing out to see. And so the box office of Solo caused them to put every movie that was not episode 9 on hold. Shelved, never to be made. Some of them were were, were reworked. Of course, we're getting uh, the Boba Fett thing this December on Disney+. Plus. It's a different story, but it's still the same. It's still, it's, it's still what it is. We, we know that the story of the Kenobi movie is was reworked for this D- Disney Plus series. We do know that for a fact. Because Ewan has said that it is a... Uh, that it, it was going to be a movie and it's been since reworked as a series. I don't think we'll ever know how much of it was reworked. Uh, because I mean, you got to get another like three and a half, four hours of content out of a six episode series. Um... But yeah. And episode 9 comes out. You guys know how much... And if if if, if you love The Rise of Skywalker, that's great. I'm real glad that, that you love that movie. I called Eternals the most disappointing film I've ever seen. It's not the worst... It's not the worst, but in terms of my anticipation for it and the final product, it is the most disappointing. The Rise of Skywalker is in my top 20 worst of all... Uh, not top 20, top 30 worst of all time. And there are a lot, I've seen a lot of movies. I've seen a lot of movies, and The Rise of Skywalker is up there with the worst of all time. Again, oh, The Rise of Skywalker is the second most di- disappointing movie I've ever seen. It's Eternals number one, and then the Red Skywalker number two. Because the film was so rushed, so lazily executed, but because the Red, but in the same time as the Red Skywalker was coming out, we were getting the Mandalorian. And a lot of people, myself included, saw a renewed sense of hope in Star Wars with the Mandalorian. And the first season was great. It totally rebooted Star Wars in the best way possible. And season two is magnificent. The Mandalorian Season 2 is some of the best Star Wars I've ever seen. And... Guys, Kathleen Kennedy gave us The Mandalorian. You can say that it's not... Kathleen Kennedy, you can say it's Favreau and Floney. That's true. That's true. But... Kathy was the one who mashed them together. Okay? She was the one who mashed them together. 
to tell, I think, the best Star Wars story we've ever gotten. And yes, I, I do believe The Mandalorian already, just two seasons in, is the best Star Wars we've ever gotten. Okay? And I'm sure that Boba Fett's going to be really, really good. Do I think it's going to be as good as The Mandalorian? Eh, that's, that's tough to do. That's tough to do. I'm going with tempered expectations. Now, if we see that first episode and it completely blows Mando out of the water, we're like, all right, yeah, this show might be pretty damn sick. You know? Um, I think Kenobi's going to be great. But when we look at the movies, when we look at the movies, it's just director change after, you know, being shelved. So I really don't think I can look at any Star Wars movie announcement and feel excited at all. I was never excited for Rogue Squadron. I know there are a lot of people that were. I was never excited for it because I knew chances were good that this movie's not going to happen. And I'm really scared that the Taika's movie's going to be scrapped now. So I think that Taika YT is one of the best filmmakers out there. Hunt for the Wilder People is such a charming story. Thor Ragnarok made Thor into an interesting character. I didn't love Jojo Rabbit, but, you know, it's, it's something else because of what it's trying to do. Um, I didn't love the comedy parts of Jojo Rabbit, but it's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful story. And his episode of Mandalorian was pretty great. Uh, Chapter 8, Redemption. What else is he doing? Because I know that he was in uh, Free Guy. I'm trying to remember if there's another movie that he's directed I just have not seen. Let's just take a little look. Um, uh, director. Director. All right. The Mandalorian. One episode. Of course, Jojo Rabbit. The Ragnarok. Hunt for the Wilder People. Hunt for the Wilder People, guys, is great. It's great. Um, so, I'm just scared that this movie's not going to happen. And as much as... As soon as I am to say this, I'd put money on his movie... Not happening. I hate to say that, but I, I, I think it's true. I, I don't think that his movie's happening. Because Kathleen Kennedy just cannot get on the same page as her filmmakers. And it's a really big problem. It's, it's impacted... Uh, I think it's really only impacted three of the five movies. It, it didn't impact The Force Awakens. It didn't impact The Last Jedi. Huge impact on Rogue One. But I, I think that actually worked really well. Impacted Solo a whole lot. And impacted Rise of Skywalker a whole lot. 
And I don't want to get into all the other stuff, but she's getting three more years. Because they make a ton of money. So, yeah. Uh, okay, move, moving on now. We got a lot of news the last week. A lot of it's pr- pretty sad, but some of, this, some of it's good. Some of it's good. Uh, productionweekly.com shows a couple Star Wars things that are filming. Um, the, ah, oh, I can't pull up. I'm not paying for it. Um, it shows, starting in March, Ahsoka and a new season of Andor will begin filming. It's listed as Andor 03. I've been saying 12, 12 episodes is a lot. 12 episodes is a whole lot. Um, I, I, I think it's pretty hard to keep us, to keep a singular story interesting for 12 episodes. We saw what happened with the Bad Batch with 16. And again, I think the Bad Batch was good. I think it was good. I think it was great though. Um, I think it's really possible that they shot maybe two seasons of Andor back-to-back. And then now we're going to get season three. I don't think that's likely, but I think there's some possibility to that here. And maybe this just right here, Andor 03, is a typo. And especially because the show hasn't even premiered yet. It's not going to be out for a little bit under a year. Being out like eight months until the show comes out. So at least eight months. At least eight months. So yeah. I don't think that's happening just yet. And or especially not season three. If season one is indeed 12, 12 episodes. They still got to do all of season two. But Ahsoka starts shooting in March. Which I think is pretty likely. And The Acolyte starts in May. If you guys know that's the show I'm super excited for. Super, super excited for that. So, yeah. So, Ahsoka starts filming in March. The Acolyte starts filming in May. And then after that, uh, in terms of what's been announced, it's just Rangers. Which I do think is still happening. And Lando. That'll be everything, then. Of course, not everything, but everything has been officially announced. That'll be everything that'll start uh, shooting. Um... We're hearing some reports from Deadline, so very, very reliable. Very reliable with Deadline. Um, but we're hearing rumors. Uh, I'm trying to pull up the exact article, but it's getting pretty difficult. Um, Natasha Liu is joining the cast of the Ahsoka series. As Sabine Wren. Um, I love this. I think this is really great. 
if we do get to see her in this show as Sabine. I don't know that much of her work. Um, yeah, Natasha Lou Bordizo to play Ahsoka Tano, or to, to play Sabine in Disney Plus Ahsoka series. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I love to really just see her start out. Like, maybe we see her introduced at the end of season three, because we got that big battle sequence. And then we see her in um, the Ahsoka series. I think that that could be really, really cool. I think that could be really awesome to see these characters together like that. So yeah, that's really that's all I gotta say. I I'd love to to see Sabine in live action. Um Yeah, it looks like this show is ramping up. Ahsoka's ramping up. Uh hopefully a, a March start date. Really hope so. Um Battlefront Three. That's news. I got, I got a lot of Battlefront Three news this week. Was a pitched title from Dice. But ultimately, the title was shot down by EA due to licensing costs. It got turned down because it takes twenty percent more sales to make the same money. Although it currently seems that Dice is not working on Battlefront Three, and instead to a, another Battlefield. There are currently two Star Wars titles in development under EA, but it appears that those titles are more story-driven single-player instead of multiplayer. Oh, and this is all coming to us from Tom Henderson on Twitter. Since several key developers that worked on the Battlefront series have since left the DICE studio in the past year, including the likes of Battlefront 2's creative director, Dennis Bronvel, core gameplay designer Christian Johannes, and lead hero de- designer Gulame Miraz, it would indicate a Battlefront 3 is very unlikely. Um, yeah, it's not happening. Battlefront 3 is not happening. I think that's pretty sad. I love the first two games. And also in Battlefront 3, or Battlefront 2, Uh, Dennis Firewall, at Dennis Firewall, the, the Wayfinder says, there may or may not have been prototypes of Mustafar, Ventress, and Ahsoka for Clone Wars drop following Scarif. If you're asking me, though, I never felt our, exp- our, explanation, our exploration to, quote, our own planet of Solus was worth the effort, especially when it ended up looking a, quite a bit like Mustafar anyway. We probably could have, have had a Bespin and Death Star for Star Wars Battlefront 1 launch, if not for time spent on Celeste. So, I really wish we could have seen Ahsoka in Battlefront 2. You guys know Ahsoka's my favorite Star Wars character. I'd have loved to have seen her in Battlefront games. That's not, it's never going to happen now. So, yeah. Uh... Alright, let's get into some news from today. Coming to us from Empire Magazine. They got their Boba Fett. Uh, stuff. They got their 
Star Wars issue for right now coming out. Uh, and then there's some news about the book of Boba Fett, as well as about Obi-Wan Kenobi, as well as a possible reunion of sequel trilogy characters. So let's start with the book of Boba Fett. Uh, so, John Favreau says there's a power vacuum because Jabba's gone. Jabba was clearly a very strong and imposing leader who people were very scared of and who seemed to rule an iron fist. You pull somebody like that out of the ecosystem of Tatooine and hot space in general, and you have the opportunity that's ripe in the gangster genre. Although Boba Fett is a very experienced bounty hunter, he's not experienced at running a criminal syndicate or managing forces. He's not normally a newcomer. He's an expert when we see him see him in most areas, but in this case, trying to transition to another position. Uh, we'll we'll see a lot more. All right, and then Robert Rodriguez go goes on to say we'll see a lot more of his true character in this season, and you'll definitely have him. And you'll you'll definitely see him have to turn in quotes barbarian mode boba is well and truly back so that's super exciting that's super exciting i can't wait for that we got some new exclusive images you guys can have probably already seen uh just boba and fennec looks awesome can't can't wait for the show guys cannot wait also in the same i don't know if it's the same article but empire also says so Kathleen Kennedy did go into some details about Obi-Wan Kenobi. She says, The thing that was the most exciting was being on the set and watching the two of them get get excited. They haven't they hadn't seen each other had they hadn't seen one another in a long time. I was surprised at just how incredibly emotional it was for each of them to find themselves back in these roles and just realizing how important Star Wars was to each of them. It's the beginning of their careers. Um, yeah. Can't wait for the show, guys. Cannot wait to see the Kenobi series next year. Uh, it, Obi-Wan and Anakin coming back. They're coming back. It's going to be great. She did uh, go on to talk about uh, The Rise of Skywalker and some of those characters. Certainly, though, those are not characters we're going to forget. They will live on, and those are conversations that, that are going on with the creative team as well. So, what I tweeted out, you guys know. I really, I, one thing I really want out of Star Wars right now is a conclusive emotional resolution that is meaningful to the story arcs of Ray, Finn, and Poe. Because what, what we saw in episode 9 was not that. Not whatsoever. In canon, Poe has learned the same thing about eight times. Across comics, books, and films. Eight times. He has to become a leader. So what happens now that Poe does become a leader, you know? So, yeah. Um, I, I'd love to see these characters come back. You guys know I think a Finn series is very possible. Uh, not very po- po- possible. There is some possibility there to see 
the character of Finn return. I think in the, in the Lando series, we're going to see Finn come back, at least for an episode. At least, at least for an episode. So that's going to be it for the news this week, guys. <sighs> Let's move on and talk about my favorite Star Wars film, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. <laughs> and again, you guys know, surprise, surprise, this is one that's hard for me to talk about. Um, as we move into these next two, I promise I'll be able to give good reviews, like, solid reviews, just because The Force Awakened, like, A New Hope and Empire are more difficult, because they're just such an important part of who I am that's hard to talk about them from a critical standpoint. Same with Revenge of the Sith. The Force Awakens was so special to me coming out, uh, well, it was so important to me as it was coming out. Uh, as a film, the first Star Wars film I got to see in theaters. And then Rogue One is my favorite Star Wars movie. So, I I, I think if I have to give one, if I'm going to give one complaint about Rogue One, I do have some, I do have some complaints about Rogue One. Um, and this might just be because now we're seeing what Lucasfilm and Marvel Studios are doing on Disney Plus. Is that this movie would just been better as a Disney Plus series. You know? Um, telling this story with these characters that we'd never met before. It's really difficult. Now, I love almost every character in this movie. Almost all the main characters I really love. I think they're pretty well fleshed out on multiple viewings. And I think this is just a movie that gets better and better the more you watch it. Because for the first time, I think this movie truly showed for the first time Star Wars. Here are the Star Wars this is, this is a gritty war movie. Everyone d- dies at the end. So. It was just, this is just Star Wars film unlike anything we've, that we've ever seen before. I think a lot of the acting is really great. The acting is outstanding in this movie. The Vader at the end. I, I, I don't want to reduce this movie just down to what we see Vader do at the end, but... It's pretty damn awesome. It's pretty great what we see Vader do at the end of this film. So there's all that. And... I I think some of the fan servicey parts are pretty far-fetched. Like Cassian and Jin running into that, uh, into those guys from, from the cantina on Jeddah, you know? You just watch yourself. We are wanted men, you know. Like, I think that's a little bit far fetched. Did I, did I have a huge fi- smile on my face seeing that in the theater for the first time when I was eleven years old? Yeah, I did. But it it was just it's a little far fetched, you know. And also, oh, Scarif 
We're going to Scarif. How come nobody ever tells me anything, R2? It's just like... They're in this now. R2 and 3PO. Um... But yeah. I still say all in all this best Star Wars movie. Uh... Yeah, I know that these are really bad reviews I'm giving. It's just so hard for me to talk about them from a critical standpoint. Like, even if I'm just gushing about them. It's just difficult for me to really do. Because of how important this movie is to me. This is the only Star Wars film on my top ten of all time. And this is the only one. There's one Marvel movie on my top ten of all time, and it's not even from the MCU. It's Spider-Man and Spider-Verse. Um, but yeah, I think this is a masterwork of a movie. Considering all the production problems it has, I think that Rogue One is a masterwork of a movie. Especially with Star Wars movie. It's absolutely great. It's absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. So, yeah, that's really all I guess about Rogue One, guys. <laughs> um, not not Krennic. Tarkin looks weird. Tarkin does look weird. I'll I'll say that. Um. That's just because now we, we've been living with these this movie bear for about five years now, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah, all right. I think that's really going to be it, guys. Thank you so, so much for, for listening. Go follow us on Twitter at Tuscan Radio Pod. We'll be back uh, this weekend with The Last Jedi re- Review. I can't wait to talk about that one because that's one we can really get into. Um, and see if I can get some people on who really don't like that movie. And I'll talk about why I really lo- love that movie. So, yeah, thank you guys so, so much for listening. I'm Drew Gratch. May the Force be with you. Always. And I have spoken.